Hello. Welcome to the Polyglot Talks. And we're back with Favi. So uh, on our last episode, we thought we talked about the common student struggles. And we were actually supposed to talk about the three of them today. But we got yeah. so excited about talking languages. And we want to keep it sort of short so that you can listen to all of it. That we decided to dedicate one episode to each struggle. So let's start with the first one. Not knowing how to learn. Favi, what do you think about this? I have many thoughts about it. So I guess I can give a story of how not to learn from one of my experiences learning French. And that was when I was in high school. Uh, like I said before, I really, really wanted to learn Italian, but my school did not have it. Okay. They had Spanish, um, Latin and French. So I already knew Spanish and I was like, well, no one actually speaks Latin. So French is closest to, to Italian. Um, so what we did at school is one, we did not have a native, um, teacher, which is fine. Like you can still learn if you don't have a native who teaches it, but it was very, 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 very by the book. So we would look at the book and try to memorize vocabulary, get tested on it. We would try to memorize the grammar and get tested on it. So I remember having this workbook, which it was fun for me because again, I like languages, but it was very by the book and you have to memorize and you have to pass tests and all of that, uh, which is a huge struggle. Mm. But I think it's an okay way to learn if you actually practice it. So my biggest downfall there was I actually came out of school being able to read and write French. Like I was able to do that. Then I went to France in 2012 or something like that. I went to Paris and I could not understand the thing. Like I was like, if y'all would write down what you're saying, I could read it and I could write back to y'all, but I could not understand what they were saying. So that was a fail because yeah. whatever you read, you sew. And so because I was learning vocab and grammar through books, yes, I learned how to read and write, but I never learned how to speak and I le never learned how to listen. So one way about knowing how to learn is that, especially if you're using these languages to communicate with real people, you want to be able to learn how to listen and you want to be able to learn how to actually speak, which is not the same as learning how to read and write. Mm, yeah. Well, that's like a short story on that. Yeah, I, I remember like, um, well, my first contact with foreign languages was English. I was very young when I started it. I remember I had some friends over to the UK. They spoke zero Portuguese. And I took it as a personal challenge, being an extroverted and social butterfly that I am. I took it as a personal challenge to start learning English, to be able to speak with them and be their friends. So I was eight when I started, but then I went to school. I already knew how to speak English fluently, but uh, oh no, let's not even go on that. I started learning in school. I would be around like 12 years old when I started it and then it went over until I was 18. Like, no, no, I hated it. I would get so bored. I would, I would always be the student in the back that the teacher would call on me so that 
I could go to the board and write the answer to something. And I was the most fluent person that was there. And it was very, very complicated because they would only say like, so this is how you do it, memorize it. And now let's do exercises on the, bo on, on the book. Nothing very like, it's, there was no sort of, how can I say, um, I, I forgot the word actually, <laughs> but like, um, when people, in, no, not interactive, you know, it's everything by the book, everything by school sort. And I could even see my, my, my schoolmates, they were finding that boring. And most of my schoolmates still don't know how to speak English, which is for me is frustrating because it's, it's not that complicated to learn English. We have the same alphabet. The rules are pretty straightforward. And when we compare it to Portuguese, it's not saying that it's not like it is easy. It's not easy. But comparing to Portuguese, you don't need to know as many things as you study in Portuguese. And we study both languages in the same way. The way in Portugal that we are taught English, it's the same exact, exact, um, exact depth as we study Portuguese. Even in grammar ways, we study English literature. So it's, I don't know, the way they taught things in my case is uh-uh. Uh, 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 uh. But the thing, what, what I found out that helped me when I was younger to actually learn English and memorize things uh, faster uh, was I remember being in Algarve and being in the balcony transcribing songs with my... I, at the time, I had the MP4 and it was very... <laughs> yeah, I would put my phones and I would be transcribing all of the Taylor Swift, Beyonce songs and then Ooh. I would translate them to Portuguese. And that's how I actually started uh, learning more vocabulary. And now that I'm saying this, I should do that to Korean as well. Um, I think it would help me a lot. I just need to find some of the time to do it and sit in my balcony with my cows and trying to do that again. But I, I, that was something that actually helped me. I even remember being in tests and remembering some of the lines from Beyonce's Broken Hearted Girl. And that's how I learned how to conjugate the, to, the break, to break. That's how I learned how to conjugate that verb was from that song. It was fun, yeah. Yeah, so definitely finding how to learn. It's just have fun, basically. If we were to sum, up, sum it up in two words is how to learn, have fun. Yeah, it would but be that, yeah. A little, a little more in depth with that. Um, in contrast, when I was in college, I took Japanese, and I remember especially one teacher that taught our intermediate class. It was two semesters, and we were intermediate, so the entire class was only in Japanese. We were not allowed mm. to speak any English, and the way that he directed the class was so good, like so, so good. So first, um, we did have homework. And during the first part of the class, he would go over the grammar very briefly, like a sample, like a sample conversation, very briefly. And then the rest of the class, we would just spend the entire class, honestly, like 60%, 70% of the class just talking to each other. We would practice new vocabulary, we would use the grammar patterns, and we would just like ask each other questions and talk. And it was so much fun. Um, and so that's how I actually learned how to speak Japanese back then, right? So, I mean yeah, it's like knowing how to learn. It's like, and we train ourselves, right? When when we're speaking to other people, 
even if they're not native, we're still training ourselves how to listen. And also we're training ourselves how to speak um, in a controlled environment, so to say. So it's a very easy way. But for those, you know, I, I understand not everybody can either have the time or the money to afford classes. Mm-hmm. So with Russian, um, I started learning that one on my own. And what I found was podcasts. I had fun with podcasts. I love listening to stuff. That's why we're recording a podcast. I love listening and I love talking. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say that, Fabi. I wouldn't say you love talking. <laughs> okay, I love talking about languages, but yeah. True. Anyway, that's another topic. Mm-hmm. So through interacting with podcasts, through interacting with friends, like really short conversations, um, maybe sending text messages, sending audios to people, sometimes... I would find some friends who were not even learning my target language, but I would just be like, hey, you know, I learned this word or I learned this phrase and they don't even care about the language, but I just need to teach it. I need to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. And that's how I would practice. And I found that that was like a much better way to learn and kind of it evolved into my method of learning a language. And it's also like if you're able to teach someone, it means that you actually learned it. And sometimes the more you teach, the better, like you start finding a few things that start making sense on your brain. And you sometimes even change the way you say things or use that. I don't know if that happens to you. For me, it happens quite a lot. It does. It does. I would say... Like, for example, with Russian, the way I learned it, um, another way I learned it was also I would join, I would go on Instagram and I saw these language challenges. So, for example, in a week, you would be given a challenge. Like, on Monday, you have to read a blog. On Tuesday, you have to read a, uh, an article, like a really short article. On the next day, you would, like, listen to a snippet of the news and things like that. Um So it does help. And then whatever you learn there, if if I found like a really cool phrase that I read or that I heard, jot it down in my notebook and then tell somebody about it. Nice. Even if they're not learning Russian. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah, I do have to say that I, w- when I got into teaching, my first goal was to teach mostly my students on how to teach out to have a plan i like i'm creative i like arts but i would say that my control freakness gets me to try to to make a formula out of everything so that i can not fail and i kind of applied that to languages so even when i'm teaching my students i have a startup plan and then i have all of these formulas that it's like foolproof you can't get them wrong And it helps to also help you learn and not be afraid of going out there. And I normally say that this is like the skeleton of the language and then you start putting everything else on it. Or even even if it's like, I do like to put the skeleton, but I think it's a little bit creepy then saying like you put the organs in the skin and so on. So I do also have another one, which is like, 
this the you first start by learning the, the the branches of a tree and then the vocabulary is like the leaves and it's the last thing that i normally teach my students is the vocabulary first i'll give you the tools to start to start speaking to know how the language works and then it's just filling up the gaps with the vocabulary that's essentially how it works i would say that one thing is to speak as much as possible having an accountability buddy it helps a lot I have students that are with me only once a month, but they journal every single day about their life. And they tell me, like, they send me an audio saying, Katarina, I already did it. And in Portuguese, of course, like, Katarina, I already did it. Can you go and correct it? And then on that monthly lesson, we just talk about their doubts and specific things they want to work on. And also the speaking. Sometimes it's like, even just, I have students who just book me for 30 minutes to just speak. And they are incredibly like fluent. There are people that I look at them and I'm like, tell me how, how did you learn? I have a student, he has this amazing method. Like in a hundred lessons, he was completely fluent. And he used to be a teacher as well. So I was like, can you teach me your method? And, and like, I haven't tried it on me because I've been out of time to do it. And that thing demands a lot of time but i will certainly do it and once i have the results i'll share it with you guys but it's really like different ways of learning and different things work for different people this is what i normally do yeah and on sharing that like are you gonna share that once you do it once you complete it are you gonna share it later on Maybe I can share it once I completed it because the basic way he did that was essentially he would have a podcast that he would trans he would transcribe the entire podcast and then he would ask he would translate so he would listen to the podcast in Portuguese he would transcribe it into Portuguese then he would translate it into German and then he would ask 30 questions about that podcast and mm. when he was when he was in the lesson with me I would ask him the questions, he would tell, he would be speaking and giving me the answers orally, and then I would need to correct whatever he would say wrong. And that's mm -hmm. how it was. Essentially, he would prepare the entire lesson for me, which is kind of a plus, but I have to say, I got, I, I was impressed with the, his way of learning. So. For him, it worked really well. I need to do it for myself. But as you can see, doing like a 20-minute podcast and transcribing that entire thing takes time. I would say for a 20-minute mm. podcast, in my case in Korean, I would take at least three hours transcribing it. Oh, I, yeah. I This is a little different, but I tried to read a book, like a psychology book in Russian, and it would take me an hour just to read like a page or two. <laughs> so... I can imagine trying transcribing sounds like a lot more of a more work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I would say it works. For someone who's like super like that's a I would say a robust method. And mm. hey, if you got the time, go for it. That reminds me, um, one way that I that I used to learn Russian was with a method called TPRS. And so for anyone that hasn't heard of it, it's teaching proficiency through reading and storytelling, so TPRS. It's a really nice method. I don't know if people have YouTube videos out there in what languages, but there are TPRS videos in Russian. And so, especially if you're a beginner, it's really awesome. They will tell you a really short story, and then they ask you questions, and you have to 
reply. And so it trains your brain to listen and to reply faster and faster each time. And it also helps you practice vocabulary, learn new vocabulary in context. So I really love it. And I think um, that's one of the methods that really helped me improve my Russian to intermediate. Oh, I didn't know that existed. That's actually pretty. Or maybe I do. I just haven't. I don't know it by that topic, by that name. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to try that in Korean. Um, It sounds like a ama- send me that to WhatsApp, please. <laughs> and yeah, I want to try that in Korean and see how it works for me. I do tend to sometimes feel a little bit overwhelmed when that happens because I'm very perfectionist and I start getting annoyed Uh, that I don't get it right at the first time. But yeah, I think that would help a lot, knowing it and see how it goes. I would think it would be amazing. Yeah, it sounds like a plan. I could like I could like demo it for a minute right now. Sure, sounds <laughs> like, good. Really? Go ahead. It's something in Russian, not Russian, in Korean, right? And I know people can't see what I'm doing, but I'm holding up a book and I would say, 이거 핵이에요. 이거 책이에요. 이거 뭐예요? 이거 뭐예요? Then I ask you the question. 이거 뭐예요? 책이에요. Exactly. And then the story would go on longer, of course, and with different objects and describing it in different ways. And then it would get to a really long story. Right? This is a book. It is blue. It is big. It's small. And then I would keep asking you questions. Is this a book or a computer? <laughs> computer <laughs> yeah yo right what it's super interactive it's yes. a great way at least for beginners um it's great it, it is yeah so i do i did find a channel with a few things on that as korean but they were very intensive on it and she only spoke korean and it was actually pretty nice they had videos then they had the text and then they had the questions i did it uh then i kind of stopped a little bit but the way i've been trying to learn korean is okay binge watching k-dramas 100% songs uh and journaling i do i have too many languages that i learn <laughs> that i'm been, i've been learning and so what i do is i journal every day and every day i try to journal in a different language and I do have something which is that that's my personal favorite. Uh, that's how I e- I learn easily, which is I have like a PDF and I put it on Word and then I create uh, bigger spaces in between lines and I put it on my iPad because that's where I take my notes. And while I'm reading mm-hmm. it, every time a word that I don't know pops up, I put the translation on top of that word. And I have to say like the first five pages are how can I even say like demotivating for the simple fact that I might not know 100% of the words. But by the fifth page, sixth page, I already know at least 50% of the vocabulary because I've been looking at it so many times and it has been repeated so many times that it goes inside of my brain without me actually needing to memorize it uh, like actively. Yeah, so you're learning through context. That's awesome. There are, I, I like to listen to certain um, YouTubers, right? Like, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the name right now. What is his name? Which guy? Uh, he's an older polyglot and the creator of an app called Link you. 
and for some reason I'm blanking out on his name right now. I think it's Steve. Sorry about that. I'll have to look it up <laughs> and put it on the links, but it's interesting how every polygon and every person has different methods, but if I were to summarize all the methods that I've gathered, it's honestly just put it into practice. That's basically it. Mm. So, yeah, like I was saying before, you, for someone who's learning their first, um, their first second language, their first target language is a great way is to think about what are the things that you like to do now, right? So if you are someone who likes to work out in the morning or work out at night, and you usually watch that in your native language, just find a workout video in your target language and start doing what you normally do, but incorporate your target language into your life, right? Um, if you are, if you like to watch the news, just start watching a little bit of the news in your target language, things like that. Just incorporate whatever you're already doing, but switch up the language a little bit, little by little, little by little, so you don't get overwhelmed. Mm. And I feel like that works for me. Like in Russian, I love watching documentaries. Um, but because back then, when I was a beginner, it would be too much to watch like an entire documentary in Russian about space or like a psychology documentary. Oh, yeah. um, but I would watch little YouTube videos in Russian about psychology and that would keep me entertained, you know, only three minutes because I couldn't understand everything. But it was a window to get me into the language and hearing it at no native speed. And I would pick up like words like how to say brain in Russian, book, you know, things like that. Nice. And like three minutes a day is not that much. And you won't die of three minutes a day, like feeling overwhelmed. And that's interesting. Yeah, I did know I binge watch Korean shows. And I get so happy sometimes I'm just doing the dishes and my laptop is in the back and I'm listening and I'm like, Oh my god, I understood what they said. <laughs> and it's amazing. Exactly. Exactly. And I think my my other tip for for how to learn would also be like just don't stress about it um your brain is smart enough that if you keep feeding it that language it's gonna take it in mm. so don't stress about it and take breaks yeah. and just keep be consistent like keep feeding your brain that language because it will learn yeah. you, you know what i else what i do well there are a few more things that i also do uh, one of them, it might sound crazy, but I like to get into discussions with myself in that target language. So I pretend like I'm two people and I'm talking to myself and answering myself. But one thing that actually helps is the fact that I see where I lack vocabulary and I quickly go onto my laptop or my phone and I see what is the word that is missing. And then I start using it. I was like, I think I thought I was the only person who say who would do that, but to hear it out loud, I'm like, okay, this is a natural method that other people <laughs> use. Do or maybe we're, or maybe we're just conversations in my mind. Well, now maybe knowing us, maybe we're just two weirdos <laughs> doing it, but it's quite like, possible. No, this as a legit method and put it on the comments or wherever. And yes, please. 
talk to yourself how long do you talk to yourself because like my my conversations will go on for a while i'm just like i like to, to keep myself entertained <laughs> while i'm doing stuff or cleaning the house or something like that i have to also say sometimes i also do that during the shower <laughs> and i feel instead of singing i talk in other languages and i'm just trying yeah. to figure out how to win an argument in Korean or Japanese and I'm like oh I don't know what is this word I just lost the argument to my opponent how is this going to yeah. work the, yeah no and crisis in, the, in the shower it's like no we don't stay in there we just talk in different languages <laughs> yes oh that the other day that reminds me of a meme that I saw which was um like the shampoo bottle and the brush and someone saying like <laughs> They're watching me. <laughs> yes, They're like, watching you. you're watching me. Yeah, yeah. The, oh, that's another thing, actually. Um, I do what I do a lot is on Instagram. I do like Instagram and TikTok. Those are my two favorite uh, social apps of all time. I follow people in the language that I'm learning. And then I listen to them and I see the captions. It also helps me. But also, I do follow a lot of those teaching and studying Instagram pages where they daily post a word and expressions. And I keep looking at them and I start learning actually pretty cool stuff. But one thing which is foolproof and it's fun, it's memes. Who can't learn oh. out of memes? Like, language memes are the best. <laughs> That's how I learned Russian too. So I, I would say like, I would consider Russian one of my most successful languages. So walking through the process of how to learn that one, I would say the first, one of the first things I did was learning the writing system because I need to know how to read and how to write it. So, I mean, for people who are learning in their own language, in their own writing system, you probably don't need to learn the alphabet. But in this case, I had to. Same goes for Korean, right? Oh, yeah, Korean and Japanese and Indy. <laughs> so, yeah, so for Russian, I learned the writing system. Then I would I went through a podcast through Innovative Languages called Russian Pod 101, and I would listen to the beginner series um, to really get a grasp on how the language works. Mm -hmm. And without really trying to study the grammar, like I learned the grammar without trying to study it, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So you need to learn it, as you said, it's like the branches, but not with like a study mentality. And then I would just like keep filling in the, the vocab gaps and I would keep uh, reading. I would keep listening to stuff and it would just like start clicking. Honestly, it's kind of magical, mm. but your brain doesn't work that way. It'll it just needs to be exposed to the language all the time. Oh, yeah. As like um what? The other day I was listening to a podcast on how to learn and they mentioned this expression brain soak on your language like brain soak yourself onto it and it makes sense like the more you are in contact whether you like or like it or not just go for it. One thing that I also advise to people who are learning the language to do but again that costs money so not everyone is going to be able to do it. And I'm on that right now. I need to wait a year until I can actually 100% brain soak on it, which is travel to the country. I'm planning a trip to Korea and Japan to see if I can actually then practice with native people. But that will happen if I have the time and the money to do it. But anyway, if you can expose yourself to the culture and the language, it will be very easy. With this... Kurt, what? No. Mm -mm. With the mentality... No, 
Hmm? Like on Zoom, just um, if you can't travel, just get your buddies on Zoom and start practicing there. But for that, you need to meet people from those <laughs> countries, which is not difficult nowadays with everything that we have. Uh, though, yeah, I forgot was out what I was about to say after. It must not have been very important if my brain decided to just, nope, it's not going out any longer. <laughs> but, um, yeah. But that's essentially it. Um, so, okay. yeah. I guess I'll summarize. Um, plan how you're going to learn. So, Petadina already gave an overview of a one one way that she plans lessons for students. Number two is get an accountability buddy and share what you learn. Be, you know, something simple, a word, a phrase, a point. Just share it. If you have, I mean, I don't believe that anyone has zero people to talk to, but in case you do have zero people to talk to, Not you can always record yourself and post it online. And if you're too shy to post it online, just record yourself and listen to yourself. <laughs> but yeah, if you need us to be your accountability buddy, the podcast can be your accountability buddy as well. Number three, make use of social media and memes because they're fun. Yeah. Number four is don't stress it out. If you expose your brain to learn it, it will learn and take some breaks. Just be consistent and find things that you love doing already and just start incorporating those into your target language. So switch the TV channel, switch whatever you are learning in your current language, just switch the language to your target language. Yep. I had this amazing insight right now, which is I might change my phone to Korean. And things might be interesting after that. Oh, yeah, you'll get better at reading, maybe. Oh, yes, I will. And might do a lot of strange things that I'm not supposed to do. But I'm willing to go on an adventure on that. <laughs> I guess I did talk about this, but like kind of, I know we're, we're finishing up here. But one thing I used to do for Korean was also do a lot of karaoke. And that's how I learned how to read it. <laughs> karaoke. That's a possibility. Yeah, I thought I thought of it, but then I'm like, you know, those people are like, so I can't. I will do that at home alone, while no one is watching, and I might get up. I do that in my car quite often when I'm doing a road trip. But I've been doing that with Japanese. I'm addicted to one of these new Japanese songs, and I only know the 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 central the chorus and it's like mm, I only know three words but <laughs> I'm killing it yeah. yeah motivating so okay sounds nice and we got over our time again we should we could stay all day talking about this it's amazing um so we hope you have enjoyed this feel free to share in the comments email where wherever you're listening to this feel free to share your thoughts and your ideas and help with this discussion next podcast we will be we will be talking about the second common student struggle which is being afraid of making mistakes and overcoming it thank you so much and see you next time bye nice